Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. This week, we'll be talking about the animated DC film Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which closes out the long arc of dc animated film starting with the flashpoint paradox before we do that of course i am derek your regular host and i have with me my two lovely hosts ryan hello and ray what's up hi guys uh of course before we talk about the movie we're going to talk news we'll talk about what's been going on in the world of entertainment what do we have up first people Good question. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then I'll just kick things off then. Let's talk about The Mandalorian a bit. We've had some casting. I guess there's still technically rumors since Disney isn't the one saying this, uh, but we've had some casting information about The Mandalorian. Uh, So did we we get a chance to talk about Boba Fett being involved? Did we do that last week? I think we talked about it briefly last week. Okay. So... Now we have another actor who will be wearing Boba Fett's armor. But not be Boba Fett. But not be Boba Fett. So, and that's that's Timothy Oliphant. I am very confused about this. What's I don't know take? what's so confused. <laughs> we talked about this in our chat a little bit. I don't understand what's so confusing about it. Can you explain why you're confused? Well, because it just seems strange that Boba Fett would escape the Sarlacc pit and somehow lose his armor. But who's saying he escaped the Sarlacc pit? Is if well, if he's alive, then he did. If he's alive, he he did. You're right. We I mean we don't know. It's just the that's that's we know somebody has his armor. We don't know that the Sarlacc didn't just like burp out his armor while the, he's trying to digest Boba Fett or whatever. You know, and some Jawa. I think in one of the expanded, one of the like in canon novels, novelizations or something, Jawas picked up Mandalorian armor right around the Sarlacc pit. And so you're saying that this rumor would be if Boba Fett's not actually in the Mandalorian, because that's also. I'm saying that's a possibility. We don't know. Maybe the, the, the Boba Fett that is in the Mandalorian rumor is that they spotted somebody in Boba Fett armor on the set 
you know, or heard about that. So they don't know. They just assume it's Boba Fett. I mean, that's certainly better. I, you know, I, I think it's it. The part that doesn't make sense to me is Boba Fett running around the galaxy without his armor while somebody else wears it. That's the part that I don't really care for. I yeah, think I mean, it's weird. It doesn't really. I, it is weird, but I, I'm sure they'll. They, I have faith in those guys. They did a good job with season one, so I'm sure there'll be a cool reason reason for why he would be running around naked. <laughs> Ray, what do you think? Um, well, first and foremost, naked never crossed my mind, and I hope that's the option. <laughs> I'm glad I could do that for you, Rachel. But like he he's supposed to never take the helmet off, so I hope it's naked from the neck down. And I That'd hope okay. he's still wearing the helmet. Just the helmet? And, you know, this is the way. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to say. Um, um, honestly, it, this whole idea that somebody else is in Boba's armor is very interesting because it usually means one of two things when armor is being worn by somebody else and it's like it was passed down as a gift or it was taken. So, and, and that could have been, you know, from the, uh, from a Jawa or something like that. It could be from a fight or something. So just interesting implications in the in the novelization the character that he's supposedly playing is in the is in the novelization and he has some backstory and things like that that i'm not very familiar with because i don't know how to read so uh but he, <laughs> he there he is a, a character already in the universe and from what i understand he's kind of like a sheriff of tattooing type character there's like lawlessness and tattooing since the death of Jabba the hut and so he's timothy oliphant is like this sheriff character which really is he's kind of stereotyped into that now it's true okay, okay. play one but, character and yeah justified. exactly now he's justified forever <laughs> especially since so, that other show he was on on netflix was so great oh but, yeah santa clarita yeah, was hilarious he played such like a meek and submissive person who over time became very you know confident and full of himself and i like going back and forth between Justified and Santa Clarita, you just realize how good of an actor he was. For is, sure. Is he still is? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's still around, guys. All right. So, anything else on The Mandalorian? Well, isn't there now rumors that Ahsoka isn't actually like a huge part of this because they want to give her her own show? There is, yeah. yeah. There's and also then, rumors that she'll show up on the Obi-Wan show. And the so Katie Sackoff character would be with her and it'd be kind of like a female-led uh, Ahsoka show, I guess. I think mm. I think uh, Katie Sackoff's character makes more sense because I think, I mean, I haven't watched Rebels or Clone Wars, so take it with a grain of salt, but she's the leader of the Mandalorians at that time and the in possession of the Darksaber. So the fact that the Darksaber plays a role in season two, and we know that, and she's probably gunning for it, would be, that makes more sense to me than Ahsoka just randomly showing up. But I do think that would be cool if uh, if they got their own show together. Yeah. I, I'm going to be just kind of like apprehensive about a lot of this stuff because everyone's really high on Ahsoka right now, and I'm really excited to see a live action version of her. But the rumors that she's, going to be in Mandalorian her own show and Obi-Wan starts to make me a little worried 
that they might be going a little too too much too quick with the character you know she doesn't have to be everywhere to be no good. you're absolutely right i i can't imagine that she's going to be in everywhere i think a lot of this stuff is fan created because it's what they want you know um if it makes sense that they're going to use season two of Mandalorian to create a backdoor pilot for something else. I mean, it's what the CW did and it was very successful. So that totally makes sense. Now, whatever that show is, could be like a ton of different things, honestly. You know, Cara Dune could get her own thing, even though I love her and Pedro Pascal together. So. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. I don't think she'll be everywhere. I think rumors at this point are more fan service. I definitely think her leading her own show is uh, is was the most fans. It was the one that made me go, mm, "Is that really happening?" Because I didn't, I didn't even really see it get shared around that much. It was just kind of a, "Well, our mm -hmm. source says" type thing. So you know, those are always just seem to be what fans want and people trying to get clicks. So mm -hmm. I think that one makes like a lot of sense though considering how popular ahsoka has become she would be the first main female character who wasn't you know white and brunette and very stereotypical looking so um it it really would be the first way to diversify but also you know nothing solid we don't know Yep. Maybe they're just waiting to see how well she's received in live action in The Mandalorian. Certainly possible. Um, all right. So in other Disney news, uh, since that's also Disney. So, Ray, we're going to have to lean on you for this one because Ryan and I didn't see this. So Ghost Rider might be showing up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, so I looked a little bit more into this just now because the fact that I only saw one article uh, kind of tipped me off. It was not from We Got This Covered, so I immediately knew it wasn't a terrible source, but apparently Doctor Strange 2 has had a ton of rumors over the last couple of months. Things like... Um, Captain Marvel showing up, a glimpse at a Marvel Zombies world in the multiverse, and uh, Ghost Rider appearing. So at this time, nothing solid. You know, um, there was also rumors that Eva Green had been cast, and she's denied every single bit of those. So mm. I guess just mentioning the multiverse is really kind of wetting people's beaks and they want to come up with all these theories so while ghost rider would be cool i'm not entirely sure how he would fit in unless you know mephisto was one of the bad guys but i i don't think that it's it's much to lean on right now i mean it could end up being basically what the cw did during crisis and just show flashes from various realities Absolutely. you know like yeah swamp thing was in the crossover you know kind of situation you know? Sure, now he he's actually on the cw so <laughs> well now he is yeah but not at the time i'm just like in the or crossover. maybe he was at the time we just didn't know about it mm. i mean he does control the green so anytime they show earth he's in the shot yeah that's true plants so. everywhere <laughs> 
I, I mean, Ghost Rider, it, it's, it would be cool if it was true, but Ghost Rider has already debuted in the MCU, technically, and You're so right. I'd be kind of a, uh, I'd be, I don't know, I'd, I'd be curious how they're going to handle that, if they're just going to ignore it, like they do most things from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider is one of the things that they handled the best on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'd be really disappointed if they did it, um, did it a different way, but uh, yeah. I, I kind of I, I'd love to see Johnny Blaze back because he's the coolest Ghost Rider in my opinion. But you know, who knows? Now, I guess. What if they brought back Nicolas Cage? That's even better. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think we could make it any better, but there it is. There it is. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah I got I got you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on then from Disney, we'll switch gears to. Warner Brothers and DC, because we have DC news to discuss before our main topic. Uh, first, and this happened not too long ago, uh, shockingly, Ruby Rose has decided to step away from her role as Batwoman after the first season of Batwoman on the CW. She will not return for season two, so they will have to recast her. Um she had a, a very nice generic kind of response with zero information about why she decided to step away. Um, thoughts guys. I think Batwoman is going to go through season two with some recasted actress and then be done. Probably. I don't, I mean, the reception to Batwoman has not been amazing. You don't really hear a lot of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, Ruby Rose was not, I don't know how to say it nicely, but you didn't really hear any like critical acclaim about how great she was as Batwoman. Um, you know, Stephen Amell took some time to fall into Arrow to be good, um, you know, as somebody that seemed like they could handle the character, but uh, I haven't really seen anything. I only watched the first few episodes of season one because I wasn't really feeling it, but um, you know, I was hoping by the end of the season she would pull in a, a Stephen Amell and, and kind of, you know, really, fall into it and and get better but i don't know it's a weird situation not one that's happened at the cw before so i always kind of felt like ruby rose stood out and didn't blend in with the rest of the arrowverse i guess so what made her stand out to you i'm not actually sure maybe it's because of her outspokenness and her existence as a public figure more i like i was aware of grant gustin and melissa benoist uh very vaguely but they still just kind of seamlessly blended into the roles maybe it like they became flash and supergirl and i she was always ruby rose to me she was never batwoman yeah i think i think those two were easy they transitioned right into the role i mean grant gustin from his first episode on Arrow was mm-hmm. instantly Barry, Barry Allen with no, yeah. I mean, it, it was, I had no issues with that. And same with uh, Melissa Benoist, but yeah. yeah, Ruby Rose, I had trouble with even in the cro- first crossover. I had a hope for it, but the acting brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. was not even at the CW level, unfortunately. So. <laughs> I- I mean, my favorite scenes with her are whenever she was interacting with Kara. I felt like the two of them, Melissa and her, had good chemistry, and I thought their stuff worked. Um, but I, maybe it had the advantage of I didn't really know any of the other CW main actors, you know, before their respective shows, with very few exceptions. I didn't know Grant or Melissa um, or Steven before they took over those roles. I had no other image for them, so... Um, Didn't they just announce too that the Bat- that Batwoman was going to be a part of the Lois and Clark show, like right yep. before this? That man, they, yeah, they would do a crossover with her and Superman. Mm-hmm. It so, was just going to be a two. This show whole crossover. thing is going to throw a lot of wrenches in the works. It's a big deal. Um, it's a difficult situation, especially with production going the way that it has due to COVID nineteen and everything. It's just it's another wrench, right? Um, now they did say that their goal is to replace Ruby with another LGBTQ actor, um, because, uh, she fit that category as well. Cause the character, um, is, is, um, LGBT a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and so they do stand by them doing that, um, to, to follow up in the same path, which mm-hmm. is good. You know, um, that's a positive thing. That's something that they don't want to take away from the character. And I appreciate that. But recasting is never easy, ever. So that's going to be. when you've had a whole season of a TV show and somebody that's crossed over with everybody else, it makes it even harder. Well, especially when it's the lead character. I mean, people still talk about side characters that get recast on something, even like a sitcom, you know, and this is the lead in, you know, a one hour superhero drama, I guess. And so that's Mm a, it's a big task. I do not envy the casting people who have to resolve the situation, but I'm curious as to the why she had only positive things to say about the people that she's worked with on the production. And so I'm very curious if it's a, if it's a personal thing or if it's, did she get something better? Was there a problem? I mean, who knows? I'm sure we'll hear more soon. I can't imagine there's much better other than like an A-list Oscar Beatty movie than leading your own show with a minimum of five seasons yeah on the cw where they keep every single superhero show for as long as they possibly can Mm -hmm. until the actor decides they don't want to be there anymore so yeah yeah you're right on that rachel for sure it's uh i mean i don't know i don't know what she could have found that was better i i mean i don't know i don't maybe it's a better for her living situation or maybe it's better for her schedule because i mean the cw is one of the few networks left that still does 20 plus episode seasons, yeah. um, you know, and maybe she's the type of person who likes to do 
multiple projects. And it's a lot harder to do that when you're filming, you know, 25 hours worth um, versus some of these shorter shows. If you're only doing 13 episodes, you can also do you know, a musical or a play or uh, maybe a movie on the side. And it's a lot harder to do that on the CW with that type it's of schedule. It's possible that uh, she also had to sign like a non-compete clause or something. So maybe she got an offer from another comic book company or something. Who knows? It's possible. Yeah, but it could be anything. And I'm sure in the next year or two, we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Well, then moving on um, in other DC news, it's looking more and more like a reality that we'll actually see the Snyder cut of Justice League. So uh, for those who don't know at this point, just real quick, the Justice League live action film that released a couple of years ago was started by Zack Snyder. He was fired from the project and replaced by Joss Whedon, who reshot. A well, good... he left the project because his daughter committed well, suicide. That's not entirely accurate. He stepped away. He took a, a break from the project and then he was let go. Sure. But so, I mean, there's, there's a, I'm just saying it wasn't like, Oh, they said you're fired. You got to get out. There was other, there was other circumstances. In any case, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Okay. We can go down that road another time. Um, but either way, um, Whedon reshot a lot, most of what Snyder had shot and, um, the version of the film that we got was critically panned. Audiences didn't like it either. Uh, lots of comparisons between it and the original trailer we got showed that very little footage made it in from Snyder's vision of the movie. And so there's been a movement to release the Snyder cut uh, from fans, even from actors and people on the production have, have spoken up about it. And it's looking more and more like that's a reality with HBO Max releasing here shortly. Um, what what do you guys think about this? Do you think it's real? Do you think this is actually happening? Because Ryan, I know you have um, something that you heard about this that makes it even even more different than I think what people might have expected. I think that uh, I mean this week has been the highest amount of uh, Snyder Cut tweets and pushes for the Snyder Cut news articles about the Snyder Cut since this whole thing started. Um, there was a tweet that came out, or there was some information that came out. There was a screening for Warner Brothers executives and uh, some people from the film industry. Um, and that was confirmed by several people that it that did happen. Um, the theory behind that is that the WB or the company above even WB, uh, I think there's like some, I can't remember uh, some big entity up there, even above them, that's controlling everything. But um, it was doing this to see what you, kind of budget. You're talking about AT&T? AT&T, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of budget it would take for them to actually release this. I don't think this is WB doing this. I think AT&T said, well, we see all this shit that, that people are saying, you know, they want this. Can we do this? And so they wanted to see what kind of budget it would take to fulfill his uh, vision and you know that that screening was in february mm -hmm. so they've had time since then to do i don't know if reshoots would happen with all this going on but maybe some uh vfx and things like that but uh yeah and then there's rumors coming out that it's going to be a six-part miniseries on uh hbo max either way no matter how it's released it's going to be released on hbo max i mean there's not really much question about that it's just how it will be released this is the big question I mean, it certainly is interesting, 
right? I think a lot of people would at least sign up for a month of the service to, to check it out um, just to see what all, all the hubbub is about. Um, I, I definitely, I don't know how they could possibly do reshoots at this point with, with the amount of time that's gone by. I mean, um, a lot of the reshoots that Whedon did were very obvious because actors had physically changed, especially Ben Affleck. Um, you know, so even now, two and a half years later after the release of the film, let alone filming, um, I, I don't even know logistically how you could do it. Ray, what do you think? Oh, I have thoughts. Um, you should share them. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> or we can move on. Your call. Like, uh, my issue is that ever since Zack Snyder left the project, fans have been clamoring thinking that the movie was going to be like 10 times better if only this one guy could have finished it well the problem is those same fans really shat on bvs and even had their complaints with man of steel so my i just i think fans hype this up so much that no matter what happens we're going to see two camps, the the diehards that refuse to say there's critical issues with it or people that are like, no, it's still a shit movie. And I honestly think that it's still very likely to be a shit movie. Like nothing about this production went well. So, and it's not Snyder's fault. It's really not. It's not even Whedon's fault, but the WB gets in their own way and they, they screwed up this project horrendously. So I, I really hope that some fans like it and they get what they want, but I, I don't think this is like the bandage to fix your Justice League. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in chat a little bit. I, I, at most, I'm hoping for like a few cool moments um, that we didn't get in the original Justice League movie. I do, and I think you're right, Rachel, that that a lot of people are overhyping it too much. But also, I think there is something to be said for letting an artist uh, fully reveal their vision. Oh, for sure. Replacing um, a director like more than halfway through is a hundred percent shitty. Yeah. And so if it's terrible, then it's terrible and that's fine. At least we know that what Snyder was going to do was originally terrible, but you know, he had a plan. He's a huge DC fan and we all know the problems that BBS had. And we know a lot of the things that he wanted to do with justice league. And in fact, a lot of those things actually they put into apocalypse war, which we're going to be reviewing here shortly. But, uh -huh. um, you know, I think I, I'm just mostly curious to see what his vision ultimately was for the movie versus what we got. That's, you know, it, it's probably not going to be good, but I hope there's some cool stuff in there. You know, that's about all you can hope for at this point. It's a very weird situation, you know. Um, you might it, finally get a Green Lantern in it, Derek. Yeah. Um, it gives the concept of director's cut kind of a new meaning, you know. Uh, there's, there's lots of director's cuts that have been released over the years, but I think this would definitely be a very unique situation. Um, you know, most of the movie was supposedly shot when Snyder uh, left the project. So I'm curious how much would have to be completely digital, you know, if they can't do reshoots versus reworked uh, just to work around what exists and what doesn't exist. Um, 
And one thing that might be an advantage to this movie that the the original version or the the release version didn't get is that if this is an HBO Max thing, it's not going to get a big screen release. And in a case like this, that might be an advantage because you're not going to see these special effects on a big screen, on a Dolby screen, on an IMAX screen. You're not going to get that. You're going to see it at home. And in general, effects don't look quite as bad when they're smaller. Uh, when you're streaming it across the internet and you're not watching it, you know, um, in a theater. So it might even get a, a little bit of an advantage because, you know, there's, there's some really bad special effects and green screen work in the released version of justice league, but that's going off of my theater viewing. You know, I have chosen uh, not to rewatch it since. So. It looks just as bad on uh, Does the it? small screen. Yeah. That the mustache scenes that everybody makes fun of look just as bad. Oh, that's not even what I was thinking of. I was okay. Actually well, those are the ones that stand out the worst. To me, there, so. there was one. I'm, I'm drawing. I, I'm drawing a blank. What what the location was? But they were in like a warehouse of sorts, and it was in reshoots when Gal couldn't be there. And so whenever they cut to her, she's on like the worst green screen work I have seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And like at least this mustache thing was like a unique CGI need that hasn't really been done much she's just on a green screen i don't know why that had to look so bad we've been using green screens for decades but it looked terrible um so just that that, that was what popped into my head <laughs> yeah fair enough well i think wb or hbo or whoever is homing this is hoping that this is going to be their mandalorian that you know if they do the six-part miniseries thing then every week somebody will be you know everybody the internet will be ablaze over what they what just happened in the this mini series so i don't know if that's how it'll work out but i think it could be a smart move if they do it right i guess we'll have to wait and see uh, i guess well so technically we're supposed tomorrow to, yeah so this is a problem for us we record on tuesday but release on thursday so the world may already know by the time that you hear this yeah puts us at a little bit of a disadvantage yeah, and, well, what we're talking about is that uh, Zack Snyder has been doing some viewings of several of his movies uh, live on Vero for the seven people that are on there. And uh, tomorrow night, which would be yesterday night, if you're watching this on Thursday, um, it's very confusing. But he's doing Man <laughs> of Steel. And this, was, this wasn't supposed to be, I, th- I don't think this live stream was supposed to be done until June, but they moved it up on uh, yesterday when all this news started breaking so it's very suspicious super suspicious yeah so it's likely that something will be announced then we'll wait and see um if uh if you're into really cool poster artwork uh boss logic has done some really great pieces based Mm -hmm. on the snyder cut so you should go check out his stuff that's a plug for him because he's wonderful um all right anything else guys on the snyder cut i think that's it yeah i'm good all right well then we will take a short break and when we come back we will be talking about justice league dark apocalypse war which is the latest dc animated flick that closes out the arc of that particular timeline so we will be right back lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are here to talk about Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Uh, what a title that is. <laughs> That's a mouthful. It and is. can I just say what a great break that was, guys? Really well done. Thank yeah, you. you really killed re- it on that break. I needed it. It was a nice refresher. Yeah, you look totally refreshed. Uh, so this movie just came out recently. It was released on May 5th. Um, and it closes out the DC animated movie universe that was kicked off with Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox. Um, and kind of serves as a sequel to the Justice League Dark movie that was released uh, back in 2017. So uh, before we dive into spoiler territory for all of this, um, it's definitely recommended that you watch Flashpoint Paradox, Justice League War, and Justice League Dark at a minimum before you watch this, just to get an idea of who these people are, what versions of the characters these are, yeah, what's, but- what's going on. There's references to uh, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. Justice League versus Teen Titans. Justice League versus Teen Titans and uh, Reign of the Supermen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on there. Um, I do want to preface this and say, too, you said it came out on May 5th. Yeah. I think I watched it on May 6th, and we're, we're recording this on the 19th. So I might be a little rusty on it. You guys literally watched it like half an hour ago. So <laughs> you, you probably will remember stuff that I may have forgotten. But I've been itching to talk to you guys about this since I watched it. So I'm very, very excited right now. Right. That's the difficulty about reviewing stuff because Ryan will refuse to talk to either of us until the actual <laughs> episode. It makes for better episodes of the podcast. I, I, I agree. Stopped, I like, agree. I've stopped putting certain movies on the list so that way we could just talk as friends. I like that. I like <laughs> it. Oh man, I love it. Um, all right. So, um, real quick, what's your non-spoiler, just general thought of the film, Ryan? Let's start with you. Uh, I think this is the best movie, maybe not out of context, but in the context of the DC AMU or whatever it's called, it's the best of the ones that have come out so far, in my opinion. I think the writing isn't amazing for some of it, but uh, it's very good. The overall story, the way the characters are handled, a lot of it is just really, really good. Uh, But it's very dark and there's not really a happy ending. You know, it's just... It, you know if you if you liked endgame you probably won't like this right um <laughs> so yeah it's it's definitely rated r for a reason but yeah i think it's the best in context of the dc amu if you're if you're up to speed with at least the basic movies that you mentioned i think it's the best of those right okay yeah just to I- I don't have too much to add to that, but just to piggyback a bit, like it's not just dark, it's bleak. It is going in with a ton of hope and leaving 
wanting to like call your mom and apologize for being a shit child and have her reassure you that COVID won't take down the entire world. Uh, that's, that's this kind of movie. Um, I'm not sure it's the best out of all of them, but it is a worthy finale. That's for damn sure. I can't really say it's the best cause I haven't seen all of them yet, but yeah, it is a really good finale. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's dark. It's gritty. It's somber. Um, if it, it, it's it's kind of interesting to me that Marvel and DC have kind of aligned themselves as as two different sides of the same coin, and DC is just dark and brooding all the time now. Um, I don't remember it being that way when we were kids, but I guess that's just where the the, the cards have landed. The chips fell. Well, when we point. were kids, DC was campy and exciting and fun, and Marvel was non-existent. <laughs> right 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 um so just just to be clear for anybody wondering this is officially called the dc animated movie universe the dcamu that's the official name of it um, so well you know leave it to dc to even complicate that um the dc animated universe is uh, all of their other animated film productions that are not part of this continuity directly and this chunk of films so it's very confusing um all right well this is your spoiler warning then at this point um this is kind of a spoiler warning for anything that's happened in the continuity of these films between flashpoint paradox and apocalypse war just because i don't know what's going to come up in this conversation so anything could be spoiled um all right so let's let's kick things off um with i guess so the movie starts off pretty quick i mean it moves along fairly quickly to uh, having everything destroyed and everybody killed and slaughtered and it's and all that type of stuff uh how do you guys feel about that kind of first act setting up the rest of the movie well first off i want to say that justice league dark feels like a huge misnomer because it's really just constantine throughout yeah. this whole film so well of, of all the movies there was like one character that got their story kind of fulfilled right like you got constantine from justice league dark you got raven and maybe damien from teen titans you know it, it kind of went it's suicide squad there was a couple more of those that got but it was just very limited from each one yeah you got a little bit of zatanna but right yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you right no no you're totally fair i was just you know saying that i'm not quite sure what the proper title was maybe they should have just gone with apocalypse war and not slapped anything on before it i think that would have been fine i think part of the problem is they they kick things off with justice league the flashpoint paradox when and and then things kind of kept getting named that way there was justice league war and then justice league dark um but yeah i think apocalypse war would have been fine it's it's just that problem with there's so many characters that i mean maybe they should just calling it justice league apocalypse war would have been just as as fine but that also would have been a misnomer because i mean constantine was the main focus of the whole movie He's certainly the lead character, you know, but and he's not. I mean, I guess he's technically Justice League. That's the key at this point. Right? But but is he in general? He was introduced to Justice League Dark, so I don't know. Yeah, it, I, it, maybe it's semantics. 
It you is. Know? Um, That's absolutely all we're arguing right now is semantics. <laughs> the biggest complaint we have about the movie is the title, and I think it did pretty well. So let's let's go back to my question then. How did you guys feel about that first act that that really sets the tone for the rest of the movie and sets up that new future? It's it's bleak. It's sad. Like it they they explain dark side they kind of wrap up that he's already been to earth twice and so this time they're going to him and it does not go well for them some of them are just completely killed off others are dismembered and uh, reprogrammed into dark side acolytes and then even more so like some are mentally destroyed or maimed and uh, go on to live a very traumatized life. Can I say the saddest part for me was Etrigan, right? Like that was heartbreaking that he's so sad about everything. Like he doesn't rhyme anymore. That's like the word, that's like his whole thing. And he loves rhyming and it's like, he always has a smile in battle and like, just seeing him just sad and drinking and not rhyming with that was that was completely heartbreaking uh Derek had the exact same thought he was like why isn't he rhyming what's happening <laughs> oh yeah the first time he spoke and didn't rhyme I was like what is happening <sighs> yeah I mean so we we, we re-watched some of the movies right before this to kind of prep and there is one line in Justice League Dark where he's not rhyming but that may have just been an oversight. <laughs> I'm not sure now. Uh, but yeah, having him not rhyme is a super bummer. Um, he, he still has a sense of levity throughout the movie, though. There are things he does that make you chuckle uh, yeah, the way he absolutely. reacts to things. And so that helped balance it a bit. For me, the, the saddest character was really Clark. And I think that's on purpose, right? He's that was sad, yeah. Um, you know, I'm there's some logistics to what dark side does to him that I'm not super on board with, but um, the concept I, I appreciate it as a narrative device. So. Yeah. He was the glowing green eyes and the glowing chest emblem, you know? Yeah. That was sad. He can't do anything that he used to be able to do and is essentially just a human, you know, a really buff human. <laughs> that I, And I mean, I do have some questions about like, that because at one point he gets bitch slapped by dark side and like is fine and like the paradooms throw him across the room and he's fine but they do that to constantine too and these are just supposed to be regular humans so i don't know there's some weird durability <laughs> issues i have with it but that's been a dc problem in the animated films i feel like forever you're right because you know? right. like flash can heal quickly don't get me wrong but he's still a person you know, so if you were to throw him, you know, as hard as you can throw Superman, bones are still going to break and they take a few minutes to heal. So. Right. You're right. Uh, Ray, was there a particular character that stood out to you as like the saddest or, or darkest? Oh, yeah. It was totally Zatanna in the, yeah? it, in the first scene, the first couple of minutes, because uh, it opens with her talking to Constantine and the two of them are living together in a relationship on the watchtower part of the Justice League now and she says that she loves them and then you know they cut to the mission and then they go to Apocalypse 
then it says two years later in London it's destroyed and Constantine is drinking himself stupid in uh, whatever's left of a pub so immediately you know Satana's dead you don't have to wait for somebody to say it it's it happened and you know maybe it wouldn't have been so sad if they hadn't opened with her like feeling this impending doom upon her yeah she was that she was definitely a tragedy but i mean in her in her tragedy was constantine you know but we'll get to that i guess so so yeah so then we move forward to the two years later and the world is more or less destroyed um and there's like a resistance underground led by lois lane of all people uh which is kind of funny because she also was leading the resistance in the flashpoint paradox in that alternate timeline uh in europe so it's kind of cool that they kept that kind of thread through um and I do want to say that she was great. I loved Lois in this. She was super strong, portrayed as like this just badass woman that just does what needs to be done. I loved her in this. She was great. Well, DC has been trying to make up for the horrible reputation that she got in the from the 50s to probably the early 80s as just the stereotypical damsel. She fell from rooftops. She was dumb as shit. Didn't even know that like... Her, her boyfriend could potentially take off his glasses and do something I mean, else. Have you ever seen Derek with his glasses off? A few times, yeah. Oh, like okay. Sometimes I've seen him naked, too. It's crazy. That's awkward. But with just it my is. glasses. <laughs> he kept his glasses on then, mm-hmm. though, see? Yeah, yeah. He never has, like, everything off. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> but, uh, vo- she's voiced by Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine, by the way, who's mm-hmm. the new number one in the Star Trek well, her yes. husband voiced Superman. Jerry O'Connell was oh, yeah. the voice of Superman. I forget so that, that they're married. That was really fun. Yeah. Oh, I, was, I forget that they're married. That is cool. <laughs> it is cool. So I I really like what they did with Lois. I love what DC is doing with them, you know, with Amy Adams and the uh, TV shows and um, yeah, the t- TV show definitely that Lois is awesome. And then this, so Lois is making up for the 30 years she sucked butt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then uh, there's also Raven, of course, who's kind of uh, one of the main characters of the the central group throughout this story. Um, Mm -hmm. She was, she was really cool. I've always really liked Raven's Raven and her power set and everything. I always find it really interesting, but they really, for obvious reasons towards the, you know, the end of the film steered into all of that and her relationship with her father and how all of that kind of functions. Um, and it was just kind of really, it was cool to see how powerful she still is when she also has like no energy and can't focus. Yeah. You know? So maybe you guys know a little bit more about her than I do. I've, I'm sure you know more about her than I do, but like literally every single thing I've ever seen with Raven in it is her like, father trying to take control of her constantly is that the entirety of her character it's a lot of her character in many of her storylines trigon uh is removed from her or she can control him but the more like while he's in her head the more power she uses the larger strain it brings on her body you know the sure 
she was able to bring a human back to life and it's a lot easier for her when Trigon's not with her because just keeping him locked in takes up almost everything she's got. That was just a big complaint for me about this and it's not really so much a dig on this it's just the character in general I think is I mean Mm -hmm. I've only really seen her in Titans which that's the whole storyline of season one basically um this which was the big storyline and then uh teen titans go and teen titans to go versus teen titans and they uh that was the big story in that too is her mm-hmm. trying to escape and uh, i don't know it's i'm getting a little tired of that whole thing i think part of the problem is she's so powerful that you have to handicap her in some way to make everybody else useful I mean, that was the same thing with Superman, right? Like you have to castrate these characters or else they they demolish Darkseid. Like, at least they found a way to do it in mm-hmm. this movie with Superman. That was something I hadn't necessarily seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But with Raven, it's something I've seen several other different places. So, Well, and so like the, the problem with the Superman thing, though, is I just don't know that it makes sense, right? Because like for, you know, 80 You've been some- waiting to bring this up, haven't you? Because you were going to bring it up earlier and then you didn't, but now you see your opportunity. Well, I was going to talk about it if, if I felt like it was relevant. And I think that right now it is. Um, I'm just not sure how much sense it makes to basically put kryptonite into his blood and it doesn't kill him. I'm just not sure that that makes sense to me because even having a crystal outside of his body near his body would kill him and given enough time. And this is two years with it coursing through his veins. And so... I mean, I guess an argument could be made that it's it's aging him faster because he's got like some gray hair um, and he wouldn't normally age anywhere near as fast as us. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like that was a little a little much. I also think it could be said that Darkseid has the capabilities of doing math and figuring out exactly what like parts per square mil- or parts per million kryptonite would kill him and what would just remove his powers and weaken him, you know. But it, was still, but it was still enough for it to show through his eyes and light up his chest. Maybe it wasn't kryptonite that was doing that. It was just some other green chemical that they <laughs> <Okay>. added. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, so, of course, like the, the kind of the main hook of the movie, right, is that Constantine is a coward. Um, and that's kind of carried on from the first Justice League Dark. Not necessarily that he's a coward as much as he just does his own thing and doesn't like to get involved. Especially with the Justice League. Especially with the Justice League. Um, And so was there any point where you thought that that wasn't real? That, that, you know, it was gonna, that the twist that happens where it turns out Satana basically forced him to to run away using a spell. Did you see anything like that coming? Because I did not. No, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I was, I was totally surprised. I mean, you know, if you know anything about Constantine, he's a, he's a kind of a shithead and he's like, just not a good person in general, but like, he doesn't really run away. He, he always usually does try runs to deal with the problem. Into issues because right. he, he like is constantly finding ways to die. And yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like, he usually goes into things reckless. No. It, like, like Ryan's D&D character. No inhibitions. Hey. Yeah, like Leroy Jenkins that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so I wasn't sure if maybe I just had missed some hints. No, I think you were I, I was super surprised by it. I thought it was awesome though. What a cool way to incorporate uh, Zatanna and, you know, redeem Constantine who thought yeah. at this point that he he'd been sitting and drinking himself to death, which he did anyway, but 
um, for two years thinking that he had run away and let his love die and, you know, let down the entire Justice League and all of humanity. So, yeah, that was a pretty big redemption. Also, I think we should talk about, this is a good time to talk about the real hero of the whole movie. That none of this would have happened. They would not have been able to save everybody if Swamp Thing hadn't showed up to take out <laughs> that one uh, transmuter thing because they, they did not have enough people to do it. Constantine goaded Swamp Thing into, into taking it down, which he's great at. And he takes it down, and that's enough to send Dark Side's forces down to uh, down to Earth. Finally, without Swamp Thing, the whole plan would have fallen apart. Absolutely, I actually get so annoyed that uh, now both Justice League Dark movies uh, have very little Swamp Thing in them. Right? I mean, but he was taking down Paradooms like mm-hmm. nobody's business. I would have taken him yep. to Apocalypse with me, you know? Surely there's some plant life there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, if the green I mean, is on Apocalypse. At at a minimum, he's still able to control himself. True. Yeah. Like, And he know. has been shown in the comic books to be able to handle alien uh, mm-hmm. plant matter before. So, you know. Yeah. Apocalypse just always kind of looks like Cybertron that's on fire. That's true. You know, it's like or the just, planet from the fifth element right <laughs> oh yeah um For no sure. that was really great it's great seeing swamp thing and i like i like most of this version of the character i just don't like how disconnected they've written him like yeah. where he just doesn't he wasn't even gonna save his own planet just to spite people well he didn't know he didn't know that it was a threat to the green until then I, I don't know. I don't know that he's I, not a genius, man. Like he's he still has he's like not. he doesn't have the intelligence of a god or anything. Mm-hmm. He's as powerful as a god, but no. no but when doesn't, but when he transformed, green... he lost some IQ. It's very. It, it's not right. as bad as Hulk, but <laughs> but doesn't doesn't he sense when the green is damaged or or hurt? Isn't that sure? Part of it, but right? but it, would it, would Apocalypse usurping the lava from the center of the planet really cause the green to be like, oh, I'm having trouble now? I yeah, mean, it, I guess I assumed it would all be connected. I'm not a scientist, right? so I don't know. But. Well, the green the green's not real, so there's not an actual science behind it. But I think there might be, but whatever. It's but I would I would think that the green, which is responsible for all of the plant life on Earth, would know that this is going to destroy it. Right? It would I think- sense that danger. I, I don't think it was that far yet. I think if okay. he had gotten more, could have been. If, uh, like, the team-ups with him and Ivy, if Ivy had, like, was there to help him or if they had been working together, she could have informed him of that because, you know, she's she has multiple PhDs, mm-hmm. so. Sure. Yeah, she's like, she's like Swamp Thing, a less powerful but smarter Swamp Thing. Yeah. she can control plants but she can't like change her own form and stuff so the two of them working together are really a perfect plant team definitely complimentary Mm -hmm. so speaking of villains we get a very specific set of villains in this movie and it's basically suicide squad villains Mm -hmm. um we don't see ivy or any of the other major batman villains aside from harley um and it's really just kind of the normal suicide squad lineup that a lot of people are used to how did you guys feel about the villains who are actually heroes in this? Who are, who are at, yes, exactly. The classical villains who, you know, they rob banks and kill people, but they don't want the whole planet destroyed. You know, they're realists. 
I just gotta be honest, I'm kind of sick of Harley at this point. She's just in everything. And like she was she was better in this than she was in a lot of other things that I didn't necessarily like, but I still just I mean, I don't know. She's just a oh she just has guns. Like what she and she's a good fighter. I mean, has, I don't know. I mean boomerang has a boomerang. Yeah, and he's not great either. Yeah. Like I don't really love that either. King Shark was great. I loved the, the thing with Constantine and King Shark where he's like, Oh, my ex is here. Oh, you dated Harley? No, I'm not that crazy. And yeah, and then it like hints that King Shark was the one he dated. I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. As soon hits. as the movie came out, I started laughing at all the immediate articles about Constantine being a bottom for King Shark. I'm like, I mean, yeah, it, it was just a hint towards his pansexuality. Uh-huh. Like that's fine. That's but, fantastic. Uh, you know, King Shark was good. I liked Lex uh, in this. I thought he was good. Um, you know it was weird seeing black manta get ripped in half and bane like smashed and eaten and you know all these big that's a batman big batman villain yeah yeah bane um, i forgot bane was in there bane, bane's you know, very forgettable because i don't even think bane has a single line of dialogue he doesn't yeah it's yeah i i don't know i liked that the suicide squad was a part of it i think king shark is probably my favorite of that even though he really only has one line but and and the kryptonite like mouth the spray no, it wasn't even like he was spraying something. It was like it was uh, well, like it, Mad Max Fury Road. It's, it coated like, his teeth. That's how right. he was able it's to shoot them at the end. It's just so weird. <laughs> like everybody else gets, you know, a gun or like a sword, and he like gets mouth spray. I don't know. I thought that was weird. But <laughs> it's but he was great. I thought that worked. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it um, was funny because that that leans into some of the funnier stuff because there were still some jokes in here, uh, but they're kind of all beaten to the ground by like the violence right yeah. like you mentioned seeing like manta torn apart like there is some really intense violence in this where like i, I don't even know how you would shoot this in live action right uh, i don't but, think you could <laughs> yeah i don't think this I'm, I'm with rachel i don't think you could do this in live action i mean beyond the fact that actors would not be okay with this happening to their characters I, I mean i just don't cinematically see how you could do this in live action it's gruesome. I mean, multiple, multiple characters lose limbs. You know, Shazam gets part of his leg torn off. Wonder Woman loses bitten an off, arm. Like, um, if I remember, was it, was, right? it, was it bitten off? I thought so. Um, I mean, it was gruesome. It's yeah. It is very, very dark. Basically, a skeleton at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. You know, you guys saw his wings get Hawkman get his wings ripped off. Like, mm-hmm. it was fucked up, man. It was there was. I mean, in the first like fifteen minutes of this movie, you're like, holy. But Jesus, they and are the killing fingers off going into Mira's face. I oh feel, yeah, I felt like the animators, the writers were. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just like, what's the most gruesome way we can kill off people? And Yeah, what's the like, most visceral oh, way we yeah. can make people that watch us feel, actually feel the pain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. But like the, the fingers in the face made me think that like these these paradooms are not simply mindless demons. Like they get off on pain. You know what's? They're not feeding on Mira. They're not uh, killing her. They are brutalizing her. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Doomsday wasn't just a mindless thing either no, in the no. actual like comic book i don't know how it was in yeah. other media he's always been intelligent in bvs i don't think he really was but yeah in in the comics i know who he was or the novelization i was the always under the impression that the more doomsday got injured the more you know armor he grew and developed and the more intelligent so like when he first started out yeah he's this mindless beast but then you know by the time he kills superman yeah punch by punch he gets better and better and i guess i never saw him as mindless yeah I i never saw him as that but but we don't really ever see him as a baby. You just you see, you know, you just hear <laughs> that the scientist that made him is like throwing a baby into the wall over and over again. Jesus, that's basically what happened. He just like punched a baby in the face a bunch of times. Oh my god. Oh man, that's um, not good. I I also kind of had a problem with Harley in this. Uh, Thank I'm, you. I'm glad I'm justified. Well, here's the thing. I'm really tired of female voice actors just imitating Arlene Sorkin. You don't have to do that. Not every person who has voiced the Joker after Mark Camel imitates him. So, uh, and I came to really like Kaylee Cuoco's version of her. So I I just think that you know Harley could have at least been voiced better to be completely honest i did like the fight between her and lois i thought that was for oh an god animated it was movie, so well good and just yeah it was good it is a tough a tough sell this version of her character because the new one on her own show is just really good mm-hmm. um and this just wasn't it doesn't hold a candle to that version of the character but who knew that Harley and I have the same defense mechanism? Like just cracking cancer jokes for no reason. That's Jesus. that's us. So uh so speaking of all the characters who are like they're like maimed and everything and tortured, right? But some are just killed off. And I thought it was interesting that of like the main group, they really only killed off one character. Green Lantern. Like, are you yep. fucking kidding me? Oh, and then you get to see another lantern die in like a horribly bleak moment. Oh, no, no, no. Not just another lantern, Ryan. My favorite lantern, John okay, Stewart. Sorry that I didn't preface oh, that. Of course. Kilowog was horrifying. Well, yeah, Kilowog too. Was like, really rough. Not only is he getting his neck snapped, but it's not right away. He's still in this like headlock by Darkseid. I, like, I don't even know what All John Darkseid Stewart... takes a phone call. Right. I don't know what John Stewart was like going to do, what like he was trying to do in that moment before he dies. Um, but I don't know. 
Do they like overcharge their rings? Is that a thing where like they can? I'm yeah. betting that's what because he was going towards like the main power battery. I think on Oa, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not a Green Lantern fan, but um, I it looked like that's what he was going for, and he was pointing his ring at it. So I assume that he was trying to get like mega powerful lantern or something. I don't know what it is, but it, I don't the the way the lanterns are portrayed in this is is kind of like kind of lame in my where opinion. were they the whole time like that's what i was kind of wondering maybe it was covered in one of the other movies that i didn't see but they like were where were they when the entire justice league was going to go try and take down apocalypse who was well, a threat to the entire universe yeah, even if they weren't part of the league at least all the sector the, like the earth lantern right. should have been there and you see t- no fewer than two earth lanterns on oa in that scene guy gardner's mm-hmm. dead when they first pan across and then john stewart oh, gets that. vaporized yeah. yeah um you can't i can't miss that blonde bowl cut uh, but well, i don't know lanterns oh. as well as you do so he's always it. been a redhead always He's never had blonde hair. Guy Gardner's a ginger fuck. What is happening right now? Derek doesn't believe me. Nope. I'm colorblind. Yeah, he's questioning so, his entire reality. No, I just, it's just because I'm colorblind. I'm, I'm trying to think why I would have confused those two colors. But let's move on because that's not the point. Um, <laughs> but the, the, point, the point that I was making is like there's a lot of lanterns and there's also other colors in the spectrum. And you would think that at least some of the other colors would have wanted to be involved in this fight. And if you have the blue lanterns show up, the green lanterns are significantly more powerful, just for example. You know, and there's just there's no way that the Reds would have wanted to stay out of a fight like that. Are they are they all based out of Oa or are they each of their own no. planet? No. So maybe they weren't in a different sector and like hadn't heard of everything that was going on or something. It's hard to say. I mean, yeah, there's just it's a lot of convenience just to be like, oh well, Oa's destroyed. Like that's a pretty big deal in yeah. the DC universe the to Guardians just kind of like wash very over it. Powerful. Yeah, but I mean, Darkseid is very powerful too, and with a whole army of doomsdays, essentially. That I mean, that's that's very powerful. I don't think any one lan- well, maybe one lantern could. I don't know enough about him, but I don't think there's any lantern that could really beat Doomsday solo. So if you send a whole army of doomsdays after him, of just the Green Lanterns. I knew you would fixate on Green Lantern, but yep. I do want to mention that Aquaman. Oh yes. yeah, back. he no, got chopped right. in half by the Omega Beams. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, you're yeah. good. He was the only other one aside from some faceless, nameless kind of titans in the backgrounds. Like they, yeah. Like, I mean, Orchid died. Yeah, Orchid died. That was a big deal. Um, I was a little confused when they cut to some of the Bat characters. You have Batgirl, you have Batwoman, and then was that Batwing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then they all died. And then yeah, <laughs> like, and then they all died. Um, who do you think they refer to at when Harley says that she doesn't like the new Batman? Who do you think that is? Batman. Guessing Bat- yeah. Yeah. Oh, she means like how he is now. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought she meant that there was a Batman roaming no. around or something. Okay. I misunderstood that. Um, the Mobi- Mobius chair Batman. Which like <sighs> that's a little interesting because that there's something in the comics where he basically becomes like god bats yeah and uh it's because and he's in the mobius chair and everything so i appreciated that like that look is straight from the comic books um and yeah when he's was, like shrouded in the shadows and you just like see some of the red but you see the throne and you know this is batman that was pretty cool i do like the red and black suit if i'm being honest it's very oh batman no Beyond. his entire look was amazing wonder woman's acolyte look was pretty good too yeah 
Yeah, I want to say I did love, and I had never really thought about Etrigan versus Wonder Woman before. That was a cool fight, though, seeing those two kind of go at it. I don't mm-hmm. know if she would necessarily have won without, like, the prosthetic enhancements, but it's they both are, like, amazing fighters and love battles so much, mm-hmm. and I would have liked to uh, seen them do, a, like, a friendly spar before everything went down and see how that turned out. Yeah. And speaking of how Wonder Woman looked at that point, hers was really the only design that I cared for because I really felt like the others were like very weird and purposefully strange to uh, just kind of be like horrifically grotesque, if that makes sense. It's just, yeah. it, you know, like, yeah, like Martian Mar- Manhunter was yeah. the one that stood out to me as kind of a weird one. The other ones were okay. But yeah, Martian Manhunter was like, now he's a snake. Like, what, what did we do with this? I think he was supposed to, I think it was supposed to be based on his dragon form that he can, that he takes a lot. Um, especially in the old justice league cartoon. I but think they just like based more on the Martian form rather than, uh, it was obscure weird. like that. It was definitely weird. I didn't really care for that. Like I, I get what they were going for, right. That all of the justice league members got turned to, to dark, to the dark side. Right. And they're all bad guys now and you know, fine. But I felt like it just went a little, maybe a little too far for that i did love wonder woman's redemption too with uh constantine like taking the using magic to wrap the uh lasso around her and make her use her own willpower to break it uh that was was a cool scene i I, honestly matt ryan did some really heavy lifting here Mm -hmm. and not i mean metaphorically obviously but like his acting he really did good i mean he if anybody doubts that his ability to be Constantine at this point, it should be, I mean, they should have no doubts. He was great. Some of those scenes would have been tough. If you just imagine him sitting in a booth, trying to voice this kind of thing, all these crazy shits happening. And I mean, he nailed it. He was the standout as far as voice acting for me. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think he was given the most tools. I think he has a lot of the most, you know, more interesting things to do. None of his stuff is exposition, right? Every, like everybody else seems to be carrying the story and he gets to do the stuff. All character development, you know? And so I think that that, that helps. You know? So we're, we're running along here, but we, we, we haven't even started to get into like, you know, the, uh, raven and her daddy issues at the end and like how the actual movie ended and what it means for the future of the universe or damien stuff we haven't gotten into any of that i gotta say like the fight between batman and damien was a lot of fun it was really well done and definitely proves that you know batman is the best um the raven wasn't there but yeah that's (laughs) Raven and Trigon. I thought Trigon was a cop out. It was really. I loved seeing uh, Kryptonian Trigon. That was awesome. I just something just came over me, and I was like, you know what? That's just really silly. You get, you know, they Raven at her most powerful, and you know, Superman at his most powerful could have done that. So, yeah, I, I think my. Me. My problem is I, I saw I saw the Trigon thing and I saw the Flash thing come in like real early on. I just kind of knew that those things were happening. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. And I think so by the time it happened, I had already just come to terms with it. <laughs> but I, oh, I, agree, I agree with you, though. I, I, I think thought it, it was a creative way to end it, though. It was, you know, Trigon and, uh, and Darkseid basically in an eternal battle in their own dimension. Um, 
away yeah. from everything. I thought that was, a, I mean, it was, it kind of reminds me of, I, I thought Doctor Strange's ending was clever, but not great for a movie. You know, it's a, right. it's a creative way of dealing with the situation, but it didn't translate well to the movie. And partially, maybe that's true. I thought this was better than Doctor Strange's ending, and it was a creative way to end it, but it wasn't necessarily, it felt very rushed. I felt like they could have embellished that a lot and, and fleshed it out a little bit more, but it was a creative and cool way to end it. I, I, agree, I agree with that. I think I just, I would have rather have just seen Dark Side defeated, you know? And I think that he starts to have the same problem that Thanos has in Endgame, which is like, how strong is he and why is it always different, right? Because there'll be a moment where he hits somebody and they fly across the room and blast through a wall. And then next thing you know, they hit that person. They just kind of like move a little bit. It's just, it's very inconsistent. And so Superman being pissed about Lois dying, of course, is some motivation. But like Superman gouges his eyes out and I guess he can still see. So the eyes are just for the lasers, that the, and, the, and the lasers still work after his eyes are gouged out. So I'm not really sure like what his eyes well, do. Well, Batman takes one of the eyes out too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know what his eyes do at this point. And so I just like dark side himself as a, as that version of the character, I just didn't feel was great. Um, the voice wasn't great either. It didn't really fit it for me. It felt like they were using like a really wimpy voice for this character. So what's crazy is it's Tony Todd. Tony Todd is a freaking badass. He has voiced Klingons. He was uh, Candyman. Like he is a badass voice actor, but it just didn't work here. No, that I was don't... the standout as the worst for me in this. Well, Damien wasn't great either, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I think Dark Side was probably the worst. Ray, any thoughts on any of that? Oh, I we're steamrolling you real bad right now. No, you're fine. You guys, you're good. Um, I I think Harley's was the worst voice. I thought Dark Side kind of worked. I wish they would have added a little bit of effect to it, like like a did. reverb. Well, with Cyborg, when he wasn't Cyborg, uh, oh, he was before like, yeah, before yeah. the tech magic or whatever that yeah. was, that was a little weird. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff that Constantine was doing was very convenient, but it, that's his whole character in the comics, though. Is that yeah? Like, he is a very convenient, convenient character. character. Uh, but I didn't mind Tony Todd. I didn't like Carly's voice actor. What about Damien? His voice actor or just Damien? His, va- his voice actor. It was, was okay. It sounded like Jesse Eisenberg to me. Yes, so- it totally did. And I was like, I was like, why is Jesse Eisenberg voicing this? Of course, I thought uh, the guy from The Walking Dead that also is Cyborg in uh, Teen Titans, I thought mm-hmm. he was voicing Darkseid. It sounded like him. Carrie Payton, I think is his name. It no, sounded yeah. like Carrie Payton to me like half the time. I had to actually go look it up and see because it was bothering me so much. But Cyborg was super sad, by the way. That whole shit was like, my God, dude. He's like integrated. He's basically going to be stuck in this dimension forever. Yeah, that was awful. Um, It was dark. I think, Ray, I think you hit it on the head with Darkseid's voice. I think if they had just given him some kind of over effect, I think that would have really fixed it. It just sounded like a human dude. Yeah, and I I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, he he shouldn't sound human, Mm -hmm. I I think is, is the big issue. Trigon didn't sound human, right? Yeah, right. exactly. And but that, see, but see who they got John DiMaggio though to do uh Trigon. He was but also they still added shark, effects the to it, yeah. But he he can also just do some weird stuff, 
you know, like he's a great guy for that. I think maybe Tony Todd just didn't get the direction to bring it like graveler, like intense enough, you know, mm-hmm. like when he plays Klingons back on Star Trek, he, he even that voice would have been better. You know, I think Tony can do it. I think he absolutely can do it. And I just think it just wasn't, it just wasn't directed the right way. Yeah. I mean, okay. that, yeah. That's definitely so what do you guys possible. think about like Damien's ending and Raven is the way that all ended up? I am happy that at least somebody got a happy ending. Like it, it needed to happen a little bit. Granted, everything around them still is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, was it really happy though? Yeah, it's, like, it's not going to be for very long, but at least they got you know a couple of minutes together. Yeah, that's fair. So that's all. We're seeing Raven in white is always cool. Yeah. Oh, I love her white costume. Yeah, I cool. prefer her Lady Legacy version from uh, from Teen <laughs> Titans Go, but you know yeah. this was a close second. Right, of course. No, I, I kind of liked that they they took the two characters that had really been the most uh troubled before all of this and kind of gave them a little bit of a break yeah whereas everybody else usually had it pretty good and then they're the ones who are all totally screwed they are fucked yeah Yeah. um and then of course it all gets reset because that's how how else are you going to do it that's the only way to do time travel so do you guys have any theories i mean is there's an obvious one as to where this where the dc amu is going after this well, I think they end it and they start again with more movies because their animation is just killing it. You I, don't think they're going to do like a rebirth or something like that? I, New 52. I, <laughs> I think, yeah, absolutely. This allows for new stories to be told from all the characters. And this time I hope they focus on a little bit more than just the Trinity. I hope we get to see... Uh, a different green lantern story or uh, a few other things give us more justice league dark there's obviously an yeah. interest i mean they made this whole movie called justice league dark and there was very little of that in it and they've obviously you know they, there's obviously interest in constantine right now mm-hmm. so yeah. you know give us some more of that some more swamp thing would be or, yeah just a swamp thing movie to follow up on the canceled tv show that i'm not bitter about at all i mean frankly I mean, what- sorry go ahead no you're good i was just gonna say swamp thing had a bigger part in the uh batman and harley movie than he did in either justice league dark movies that's sad Mm -hmm. but it was a good role he did a great job like i need to watch that apparently i didn't know he was in that he is um I i would like to see them bring all of this over to hbo max and continue to do movies but also maybe do some miniseries give a particular character like constantine do a 10 episode cartoon like what they're doing with harlequin right now on dcu bring that all over to hbo max and do things like that well they did yeah. announce a justice league dark show for hbo max so they did i assume movie it was, whatever it was i can't remember exactly i assumed it's live action though it's true yeah and I, I just, is. I'd like to just see more of this animated universe. I think that they can do a lot more in it because it's animated and because they don't need the kind of budget that you need to try and do this live action. Um, and you can get away with what you, what they did in this movie. I mean, if you had, tr- like, like you guys said, like you couldn't have made this live action, 
you know? And so they, they didn't have that holding them back. And I want to see more of that. I want to see them be able to bring in the strange characters that exist. There are some wildly out there characters in DC that you just can't do practically speaking in live Mm -hmm. action. Well, Justice League Dark, I mean, there's some weird ass characters in that, like off the wall. Frankenstein is a member of uh, the Justice League Dark. Like there's some crazy stuff in there. So yeah, yeah, it would be great to see some of those more obscure characters come through. I'd like well, to like, see more of the house be a character because right? which uh, like, that guy that was sad too in this movie. My one of my favorite the house com- being destroyed. comics was uh, House of Mystery, and it was an entire comic line based on the house itself had very little justice league dark characters in it so the house is a character and it's just kind of a side piece in all of this yeah it just gets destroyed in like two seconds Mm -hmm. in this movie it was really upsetting well like if you wanted to do stuff with the lanterns there are so many lanterns that just would look frankly silly in live action there's a red lantern that's a cat it's a killer house cat like come on how dare you dexter is wonderful yeah, but seeing that live action, I just don't think would be I think seriously. Dexter the Red Lantern is better than Chip the Squirrel Green Lantern. What about the uh, sentient math equation Green Lantern? Do you think that one deserves its own show, Derek? <laughs> That's your fucking favorite. You mentioned that every time that we one, talk about Because that. how high were they when they came up with that? There was a and lot of drugs happening. During the that one. second they figure out how to make a pop vinyl of it, I'm getting oh it for God. you. Oh my God. Please. I'd be honored. Well, it's just the E, e equals MC square with some eyes floating above it. And a, you know? and a ring. Just like a ring on one of the random spots. Hanging, ha- hanging off something. Hanging yeah. off the, uh, the rearview mirror. But um, I'm not sure that this movie would have looked silly in live action. I don't think that most people could have emotionally taken it. This movie would have been like a snuff film almost. in live action you know just watching that many real people be destroyed over and over again with no happy ending at all i think it would really get to people i think the animation is the only thing that is keeping our suspension of disbelief and from being like incredibly sad i mean i don't even know that it could get an r rating if it was live action because you look back at a movie like robocop which is one of the most violent movies i can think of and it had to be recut legitimately like half a dozen times or more just to get to an r rating because of the violence well Mm -hmm. this violence would have been 10 times worse if this was live action so i don't even know if they could have released it in theaters at all you know you're right even if there was a way to do it um now, was, a lot of the stuff supposedly they used in this movie was stuff that was supposed to be in the original Snyder uh, version of the Justice League. A lot of the dark side related things, um, you know, were all t- kind of borrowed from there. I don't know if it was to gauge, you know, how people would react to it. But the movie we never mentioned has a 100% critic uh, rating on Hot Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is the highest of the DC animated universe. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think that he tried to do some of this in live action. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we are way over time, so we should probably wrap things up. Um, are there any final pieces or points that you guys want to discuss on this movie? Swamp Thing for MVP. <laughs> Ray? I, yeah, Swamp Thing for MVP. Yeah, Team Swamp Thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Derek, are you on Team Swamp Thing? Can we count on you? 
obviously that's obviously. right swamp thing 2020 swamp thing 2020 um yeah so that i guess that's gonna be it then for us this week uh this was a dark freaking movie and it was certainly uh intense um do you guys even want to try and do a letter grading on this i don't even know what i would say I, it was a good movie i am not gonna put a letter grade on okay it. yeah okay, i don't think we fair. have to do that uh what are we talking about next week anybody know next week's topic oh my god yes give me a second all right well uh while ray is looking that up um we of course are screen heroes on the heroes podcast network you can follow us on twitter at screen heroes pod to talk with us or you can join our facebook group uh screen heroes facebook group please join us we stream this live tuesday nights at 9 p.m eastern and you can chat with us live during the show so thank you to everybody who joined us live Okay. Uh, uh, next week we are talking our top ten uh, favorite rom coms. Oh, did Ryan suggest that? No. Uh, just kidding. I wanted to see your guys' fucking faces. Uh, bad movie reviews. We're reviewing Mortal Kombat. Oh, the original oh, live action Mortal Kombat. Oh, gee. All right. Robin Shu at his finest. Yep. <laughs> Your Number one, soul Luke is mine. Does this mean we're gonna do Street Fighter at some point? No. No. Come on, Raul Julia. We already did that, didn't we? I swear did we, we talked about that movie already. Yeah, I could have sworn we did that. Did yeah. we already talk about it? Maybe we did last year. We might. Yeah, have done we're not it doing year. it again, Derek. We're not okay, repeating I'm sorry. episode. Tried to sneak it in there. No. <laughs> all right uh so that's gonna be it for us ray how can people find you out on the web at siren ray ryan please don't find me on the web but if you must it's at buster props and i am the star trek dude thank you so much for joining us we will be back next week to talk mortal Kombat on bad movie reviews have a great week everybody King Shark is King Shark. <laughs> oh, King Shark is a shark. There we go. <laughs> Cut. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.